Hello and welcome to CBuzz, a collaboration between the Columbus Chamber, CD1025, and the Columbus Dispatch. We bring you the best stories from Columbus business owners. I'm Dan Swartout. And today I'd like to welcome back Mary Yost from Columbus CEO Magazine. Mary will be talking to Elizabeth Blount McCormick from Uniglobe Travel Designers. I'm really excited to hear their conversation today. I know you will really enjoy it as well. Very insightful. So Mary, please take it away. Thank you, Dan. I am so excited to be here today with Elizabeth Blount McCormick. She is the president of Uniglobe Travel Designers, and we're here at the GrooveU Studios. Elizabeth, thanks for being here. Thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here as well. Okay, so Elizabeth, tell us about your business. Okay, so I'm the president and owner of Uniglobe Travel Designers. Um, we're a travel management company. We specialize in corporate and leisure travel, and we've been in business for 35 years. As we get started talking today, I, I realize that you and I have a lot in common in that we are both Columbus natives. I know. I used to um, apologize for having never left Columbus. You at least have left Columbus (laughs) and come back. But talk a little bit about uh, what that was like for you growing up in Columbus and kind of the perspective that that gives you for your business. Okay. So, um, you know, I grew up in Bexley and attended the Wellington School for high school um, and knew as far as college was concerned that I wanted to go to Spelman College, which is a women's college in Atlanta. Um, And whenever I would come back, you know, for holidays or for the summer, I just noticed that Columbus was changing and it was evolving so much. Um, But after college, I had a career in retail. uh, So I worked for The Gap in San Francisco and then Miami. And then my last in retail was working for Bono. So the head singer of Eve 2, he has a clothing line called Eden. And I have an older brother that I live with in New Jersey. And I was commuting to New York City every day. And I had a conversation with my mother. And my mom said, you know what? We have this business and I'm thinking about selling it. And at that moment, I said, you know what, mom, I really want to give a shot and, and take a chance on myself and be an entrepreneur. I want to move back to Columbus. And I'll tell you, a lot of people thought I was insane. Like, why are you going back to Columbus? You know, I think there, there's a perception that Columbus is a cow town and not progressive. And people don't realize that. I mean, we are one of the fashion capitals of the world. Um, Absolutely. Like and, and number I, three, I Number think. three, exactly. And I think that, um, you know, and I, and I definitely, people, some people thought, I can't believe you're going to go back there. Um, but it's been such a great opportunity for me. Um, it's growing. It's such a great place for entrepreneurs that you know want to start a business for startups, for existing businesses mm-hmm. to grow. Yeah. Uh, the community is so open. And, and, and you're given, it's, I think it's access to opportunities, what I really appreciate. Oh, great. Now, about what year was this when you were coming back? Um, 2006. So it's been 10, 10 years now. Since okay, so that's, that's a great perspective. And you had been away what period of time? Um, from 96 until, so, so for 10 years until 2006. So okay. I was in San Francisco, Miami, and then the New York area. That's great. What is it about... Um, Columbus that is the kind of gives you the um, the energy the audience to do what you do is it I I you know in a way you're kind of in the logistics business it's just the logistics of people 
and we hear uh, so much that Columbus is a great place logistically. Is is that part of what makes Columbus good for your travel business? I think that's part of it. Um, and, you know, when you travel around, the one thing that I can say is that Port Columbus is, is such an easy airport um, to navigate, right, which is really helpful. Um, and then mm. the fact that we have access to Rickenbacker um, is helpful as well. So we have uh, some clients and we'll utilize that. Um, but it's really the fact that this town um, embraces entrepreneurship, and, and really embraces um, diversity and, and opportunity. And I, I think that, um, you know, with our certifications, I'll just be honest about that, having the Women Business Enterprise Certification mm-hmm. and, the, and then the MBE, the Minority Business Certifi- um, Enterprise Certification, has been really helpful um, where there are people uh, and companies and organizations and universities that understand that we live in a global society and we need to have people that are thoughtful, uh, that think differently to, to mm-hmm. be successful, um, you know, in different space, you know, as far as suppliers are concerned or leaders of organizations, you've got to have people that think differently than you, that look different than you right. do um, to be progressive. Um, and that has been um, very helpful for me. Um, there have been some opportunities that have come about uh, just based on my, what my mother started um, with the with the business. And I'm grateful for that. And I know the legacy that she's that she's left, and she's still a part of the business. Um, I'm really happy about that as well. Um, but I understand that I'm in a um, unique situation, and I never take that for granted. Would you say that a lot of your clientele is business, more business than than personal travel? What does that look like, and and how has that changed from? maybe when the business started? So, um, you know, our business mix is about 80% corporate and 20% leisure. Um, On the corporate side, I'll tell you that um, after 9-11 happened, a lot of companies had used third-party providers like um, the online tools like Orbitz and Travelocity Mm. and Expedia. But when 9-11 happened, a lot of companies could not find their people. And they couldn't locate them, and they couldn't figure out how to rescue them to safety. Oh wow! And and I was and, and during you know the time of the dot coms just started booming, a lot of companies felt like you know what we can we can do it ourselves. Someone on my staff can book the travel, mm-hmm. right? But when that disaster and catastrophe happened, companies said, you know what, we need to work with travel management companies. We need mm-hmm. someone that can help me create policies and guidelines that govern our travel, but also we need to know where our people are. You know, it's our responsibility to be able to locate them and rescue them and get them to safety. So on the corporate side, what's happening is that um, from that time and to present day, people understand that you know travel is the, the third highest expense that most companies have, but it's such an important wow. one. So you want to work with somebody who's an expert in the field and gets it. So as far as the personal leisure side is concerned... A lot we have a lot of clientele that um, would go on cheapcaribbean.com, for example, or cheapcruises.com, and they would not be happy with the result, right? They would mm-hmm. they would arrive at the the port um, in Miami or Fort Lauderdale, and they would get to their cabin, and they're thinking, "This is not what I wanted in the first place," or maybe arrive in Mexico to a resort, and it's not. Sometimes, if something seems too good to be true, if you're looking on the internet right. and you're looking at hundreds of photos, it probably isn't. You know, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true, and it's not the right place to be. And so as Americans, unfortunately, we don't take a lot of time off, and we should. Like all over the world, you Mm -hmm. know, in Europe, they might take six weeks off. And so what's happening is on that side of things, people are coming and saying, you know what, this is my designated vacation time. I want to take a trip that's done properly. 
I, I don't want to have to worry about any of the details. And they come to us for that. And so, you know, as far as leisure is concerned, we'll book extensive trips to Europe where we're planning every detail, the trains, planes. We've even um, rented yachts for people and we were cruising the south of France, um, even group nice. trips. But it's just nice for people to know I don't have to worry. And we leverage our relationships with the suppliers, with the airlines, with the hotels, car rental companies, um, with the tour operators, just to make sure that our clients are taken care of on both sides. And, you know, I think in this day and age, customer service is lacking. I mean, I personally Mm -hmm. like to talk to a live person if there's something that I need. And that's where we come into play. You know, we're getting our hair done or going to the gym. We want a certified trainer. You want a certified travel expert who knows what they're doing. Right. So you're providing that that true concierge service. Correct. Throughout the the travel. It's not just to book the trip up right. front and hear your tickets. Thank you very much. Exactly. It's just knowing that you have someone like before, during, and after. And you know have, you have someone to talk to and call if you need something. And I think it's peace of mind for people um, and knowing that you're going to be taken care of. One of the, the words that um, is so current right now in business is disruption. And the experts who watch these things say that every industry, every business will be disrupted if it hasn't already been. I would imagine that the the internet and people's growing reliance on the internet has been somewhat disruptive for the travel business. But um, I'm wondering, have you been able to embrace the internet and use it in a positive way? Or, or do you see more disruption coming maybe from another direction? Well, I'll say that, um on the corporate side, um, we knew that we had to embrace technology. And so the mm-hmm. way that we're different than an Orbitz or a Travelocity is that we can build that online booking tool based on the corporate client's travel policy and guidelines. Oh, perfect. So that's great, right? Because we're travelers, a lot of people, they're used to booking it themselves. But when they're booking it with our organization, they're, they're following the policies. So they're not going to see first class or the Ritz-Carlton, and they're not going to submit expense reports where they're out of policy and the companies mm-hmm. are just reimbursing their employees. So we had to do that just so that we could be competitive. Um, because with some organizations, um, you know, they allow their people, it's travels decentralized, and people mm-hmm. are just doing whatever they want to do and submitting expense reports, and these companies are losing money because their employees are spending hours and hours trying to book travel. They're not following the policy because there's no, no one's watching that. Right. You know, and when you're working with us, we are sending monthly reporting, just showing what your spend is. Um, we're keeping track of unused tickets so clients aren't losing thousands of dollars at the end of the year. Those are the kind of things that many organizations are not doing, and they don't realize, wow, I could have saved so many thousands of dollars had I been working with someone managing that piece for me. Oh, that's, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it comes into place. Now, you've got a number of filters on your business. It's, as you mentioned earlier, it's a woman-owned business. It's a minority business. Mm-hmm. It's a family business. Right. And um, those are a lot of different dynamics to navigate. Can we talk a little bit about each of yes. those? About as as a woman-owned business, what has, what has what's the environment that you've found there and, and has it been a challenge? Has it been receptive? Is it a 
a good place to be today as a woman-owned business in Columbus? So I think that um, it is, and I think that being a woman-owned business is still evolving, and people are accepting it and are embracing it. Um, when I first moved back in 2006, I will tell you that there were some potential clients or prospects I approached that wouldn't even give me the time of day, right? Because um, it's kind of that, um, you know, people probably felt like, oh, she's a woman, and She's, I'm not sure what her age is, but she looks young. Is she really competent? Um, and, and I was, and I understood that. And I knew that I would just have to work hard and kind of prove myself in other ways. And, and the one thing that I've learned in my thirties is that no leads to a better yes. So a lot of the no's oh, that like have that. happened to me led to something that was so much bigger and better. Um, and, and, and I wish I would have known that in my twenties because I think that I spent some time like being depressed, um, or bummed out about things. And then, you know, you, you're stuck on that moment and then something amazing happens, you know, a month or so later and you think back, like, what was I doing? And so I've just learned to kind of dust my shoulders off. I'm my business and, and, and my service is not for everyone. And if, and if someone is an opener, if, they're, if it's about the relationship, and I'm not going to bang my head against the wall, it just means that there's another opportunity out there. Um, you know, on the, I, just a quick story about the Minority Business Enterprise Certification um, is that my mother um, was asked to get the certification years ago um, because one of our um, large clients, uh, the Ohio State University, had said, you know, we'd like you to get this certification. And at the time, her perspective was, I just want to be viewed like everyone else. I don't want a sure. stigma on my business, which mm-hmm. I understand that. Um, and so, but I'll tell you from getting that certification back in 97, it led to a lot of other doors and, and a lot of opportunities opened up to her. But when I moved back in 2006, I really decided to dig a little deeper to figure out what is the certification all about? Um, what opportunities are out there? And also who's really serious about working with mm-hmm. diverse suppliers? Because some just want to include me um, in the bidding process on the corporate side, just because they'll say, well, we had a, a minority supplier in there, mm-hmm. but I may not have an opportunity. But then there are others who really are committed to just that global thinking and being more thoughtful about conducting business. And so I spent a lot of time like looking at organizations you know, here um, in Columbus and, and outside um, of the state of Ohio. And I've really developed relationships that made sense for me where I have, it's again, access to opportunity and and where I was able, I landed a national contract with a group purchasing organization. Um, It's called Busyant. They're based in Texas, but they represent 57% of the hospitals in the U.S. along with um, VHA, United Healthcare, um, ProVista, the MSS Network just joined them. It's a huge opportunity for me. And, you know, because of um, that organization, they have a huge commitment to supplier diversity it, it, everything, things just fell into place. You know, I work with Nationwide Children's Hospital here in town and some other clients, and they could vouch for the work we've done. And then having my MBE plus WB certification, mm-hmm. that was just icing on the cake. I was qualified, but then I'm like, oh, this is just another layer, which that's been helpful. Um, on the family side, I know it's hard for people to think about working with family members, right? Um, at one point, my sister worked in the business with us. So it was me and my mom and my sister, which was it was great. I mean, we wow. had our moments um, mm-hmm. because sure. we couldn't help but taking um, work home sometimes. or So we, we had to kind of learn to, that when we were making decisions not to be emotional about it. Like, we're, let's talk about the business mm-hmm. and let's look at it that way. And then um, 
on the family side, we had we learned how to separate those components. Um, but I'll but I'll tell you, when my mom first purchased the company in '96, there were a lot of people that had watched me grow up, and so when I moved back ten years later, oh, nice. um, it was a little challenging. Because the people thought, well, who is this girl coming in? What does she know about travel? What does she know about this business? So I had a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. And, and also, it took some time for me to build my own team. Um, because you, in business, you have to be innovative. You have to be creative. You have to change. You have to evolve. We're constantly changing mm-hmm. and what's, what's happening. And in travel, especially, things change every day. Um, and so that was a little bit challenging because people had kind of aligned themselves with my mom. They knew her. Sure. And... Um, they had their relationships, but it's like we, we had to look at the business and what was best for it. Were there resources that you would recommend to someone else who's you know maybe at the beginning stages of this kind of a path? Well, I definitely used um, some of my corporate experience from being at The Gap because we had performance reviews um, mm-hmm. from the way we would, I was in production. So it's kind of onboarding vendors and making sure that the designs that the designers create actually are delivered in the stores. So I brought some of that knowledge um, back into the organization, but then I started joining groups like NABO um, and Weld and Mm -hmm. really looking at a lot of the women um, in town that I respect and admire, and I would just sit down and have coffee with them and talk to them and learn kind of about, I would say, hey, I'm thinking about this. What is your perspective? Just to, Mm -hmm. and started formulating the way we, 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 we onboard clients, our onboarding process. And then I also use um, a lot of women kind of as counsel. So, you know, if, if I okay. needed like know, an attorney, like mentors, but if I need mm-hmm. an attorney, I would look in the, in the organizations I'm a part of and, and ask for a recommendation or if I needed oh, you know, to work with a PR company. Mm-hmm. And that's been really helpful because I have a lot of people that I can trust, um, but I'm getting the right people in place because my expertise is – is travel, but I, am I an expert at leading my team in um, two meetings a year? No. So I look around to see like who's out there um, that's an expert in their field that are doing really well, and mm-hmm. then have a conversation. What have you found in terms of um, the receptiveness to asking a mentor for help or asking someone to to mentor you in a particular area? You know what I think it's really not having fear. And the worst thing I could hear is no. So I've been told no before when people are just Mm -hmm. too busy and they don't have time. Um, But what I've tried to do though is find a way that maybe I can help someone else. So my approach is always, is there a way I can help you? And then sometimes it'll come back around. But if you you approach people with a selfless position where you're not looking for something, Mm -hmm. then karma comes back around and and you'll receive help in some form or fashion it may not be today or a month from now but it always comes back you know and and I really focus on the relationships and I've been told no before where people just didn't have time and they thought who is this girl you know why should I why why should I even talk to her and I understand Mm -hmm. that I get it and it's not it's not people being mean or or rude it's just that they're busy and have a lot going on as well um, so, you know, I've, I've approached people where I'm saying, how can I help you? I love that. I, I love um, your no leads to a better yes. That's just a, a great kind of a mantra to, to keep out there in front of you. Do you have any others that are kind of your, your tried and true um, philosophies that you've developed or that others have passed along to you? Um, I think it's, you know, it really is if something happens that maybe isn't in your favor. My mom always says this to me. She's like, you got to dust your shoulders off. You got to pull up your bootstraps and you have to keep pushing. 
You just have to. Um, and, and just, and the one thing that I always think about, my mom has always said, what's the worst someone can say to you? Mm-hmm. No. And I just, and I'm okay with that. You know, and, I, and I, I just, I've just realized in these last few years, just how no, it, I, every time it leads to a better outcome. And that's, that really is my mantra. And I tell people it all the time. And, it, you know, when people will say, hey, I'm really having a bad time and, and something went wrong or I didn't get this contract. And, I, and I'm just like, but that wasn't meant for you. There's something that's better. Yeah. I, it, I can almost see you saying, hey, good for you. That means something better exactly, is coming along. Exactly. Oh, that's wonderful. I know you're, you're very involved um, in a number of, of you know, in the community, in some business organizations, you mentioned NABO and um, well, in the well chamber, is some of the small one. business sure, in the chamber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, how? What's your your perspective in terms of um, why it's important to to be involved in those kinds of groups? And do you get? more out of them than you put into them you know just how do you approach that I think um it's it's been important in my development um having the courage to approach women that I've respected respected and admired from afar Uh, I've been in the room with so many people that have just transformed their businesses from maybe you know less than a million to multi-million dollar companies because I'm involved in these organizations Mm -hmm. Uh, I've had exposure and access um, for the chamber, being on the small business council has been really helpful for me to really find out what's happening in the city, um, like with the coda, with taxes, what's happening with the labor laws. We have all of the, these conversations mm-hmm. about what's affecting small business owners here in Columbus. And it's really important for me to know that information firsthand and then to share it with others. Uh, it's the relationships, it's the accessibility that all these organizations provide that it makes it so much easier than me trying to search for information on my own. I think that people just need to be really open, sit down, have a conversation with people involved in these organizations to understand how helpful they can be to your business. So there are times that I'm in, in, in the room and I'm providing help to someone or suggestions or here's an opportunity or you need to talk to someone and that's fine. You know, if I can be helpful, that's what I want to do. Um, because we all started someplace and someone yeah. reached out and helped me, and I think it's my my job and my role to help someone else. Women um, owned businesses, entrepreneurs, uh, people that maybe wouldn't have been given an opportunity. In our business, when we're looking at if we need um, a vendor or supplier, I always try to look at, is there a woman out there who could do it? Is there a minority out there that could do it? Is there someone that may have not been given an opportunity that I can give one to? I think it's important to do that. Oh, that's great. and. You mentioned, you know, kind of the whole karma thing earlier. It it does come it back. It comes to back. You. It does. It yeah. really does. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, what would you say are are the biggest challenges with your business today? Is it I I know you've you've been able to grow your business quite a lot from from what it was, you know, when you started. Um, is it to continue to grow your business, but talk a little bit, even if that's not one of the challenges, I'd like to hear a little bit more about how you've grown it and then maybe what some of the other challenges are. So it's it's about um, the relationships and really looking at opportunities and seeing if they're a right fit, right? Because mm-hmm. there, when, when people are putting out 
a bid for travel or looking for someone to help with a family vacation, we're kind of feeling each other out. And so we do a little bit of a dance to see is this going to be a good partnership or not. Mm-hmm. And that and, and then sometimes you realize like this probably isn't the right fit, you know, and, and maybe I maybe we're not the right fit to um, book your vacation travel or maybe, you know, maybe your team, they don't understand working with a, a travel management company. They don't see the, the benefit of it. And so I don't force my myself into that situation. Um, but a challenge has been just having the right team. Right. And getting that sure. right combination. Um, we're always looking for talent. Um, and and it's just if you have the right foundation, if you're focusing on the customer and customer experience, um, we that that's what we're looking for is your foundation mm-hmm. there. If you understand that you go above and beyond for the customer every single time, regardless of who they are, what their position is in the company. To me, that's a key characteristic that I look for, for someone to be in in our company. You know, we started working on our culture about 10 years ago. And what's happening is that there are people that we've recruited, and then they're saying to other people from other organizations, you need to come to Uniglobe. It's different. It's a bit, so that's been nice. Kind of that organic thing is happening. Sure. Um, we also um, started a relationship with a uh, consulting company. Um, They're based in um, New Jersey and Atlantic City. And they were training people in my reservation system, which is great. Um, and so we've hired some people from that program. But I'm all, we always have a pipeline. So I'm always looking okay. and I'm asking my reps, my airline reps, my suppliers, like, do you know of anybody who might be unhappy? Or is there an opportunity there? And I just reach out to people just to see what's going on. Just to at least open mm-hmm. the door and have that conversation because you never know how things are going to change. Oh, that's great. What haven't we talked about that is key in and what you do every day, how you approach your business, how you approach your life? Um, I really try to help people. Um, and and I mentor a lot of young women here in the city um, because I think it's important, uh, if, if I can open the doors for people, I think it's important for, hopefully, if I'm able to provide um, an opportunity or an introduction, I'm hoping that these young women will do the same thing for someone else. Oh, and, and and it's been really helpful. Um, it's been rewarding for me to just see that I was able to kind of help someone get to a great, a great situation or an opportunity um, at a university. Um, it's just, or, or I've been able to inspire someone to really focus on themselves. So I'm, mm-hmm. uh, I'm on the United Way board and I'm a part of the E3 program. And there's a young woman I'm, I'm mentoring now and, it's been, um, I've just watched her progress. You know, now she's saying, well, what about me? I need to take some time for myself. Yeah, I'm a mother and a wife and, mm-hmm. and a sister and a daughter, but she's important too. And I think as women, sometimes we tend to, we do everything and we're like, right. we're over-programmed and, and just overworked. And, you know, we function on what, two hours of sleep or something crazy. And we, we, we're all things to everyone. And, and what I'm hoping um, is that I'm able to say to women like, take some time for yourself. You don't have to be perfect at everything. But for me personally, I'm a better, you know, business owner and a better wife and a sister and daughter mm-hmm. if I'm taking care of myself. And, and and with our team, you know, I look at them and same thing. If, if I know someone's having a bad day, it's like, you need to probably take some time for yourself or, you know, just chill out for a second. It's okay. Yeah. But understanding that there's something bigger that we're doing here. Right. Um, and, and I'm hoping that I can help people. Oh, that's great. So, so your favorite getaway, favorite escape, 
favorite, you know, way to travel. Yeah, I to love going to the beach. I really do. I love going to the Caribbean. Um, we would, we used to go to the Atlantis, um, in the Bahamas oh, every year. Sure. That's where I got married. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Um, but it's changed a little bit. So <laughs> we've been trying other places, but one thing that I always tell people is that you can go to Mexico really quickly. Like you can get there oh, if you yeah, leave at six in the can. morning, you can be there by noon and take like a three or four night, you know, getaway. Um, so I always say to people, you know, you can fly a little bit, get there in the same amount of time you would drive and have an all-inclusive gourmet experience. Um, but I love the Caribbean. That's where I'm really able to kind of decompress and nice. get excited about life and um, energized. And you can probably do that in, in just a few days. You don't need a big, long trip to right. do that. You're right. Wonderful. Well, Elizabeth, thank you for joining us today. Dan, thanks for allowing me to sit in your chair today so that I could chat with Elizabeth and learn a lot more about what she's doing, where she's been, where she's going. And um, best of luck to you and to Uniglobe Travel Designers. Thank you so much. It was an honor to meet you. Thanks. Thank you, Mary, for such an insightful interview. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you love our show, please make sure you drop us a rating or review on iTunes, preferably five stars, of course. It means so much to us to hear from you, and we really want to hear your feedback. Those reviews and ratings help us keep bringing you the tremendous stories here on CBuzz. Mary, it was great to have you join us here in Grooveview Studios. Thanks for helping with today's interview. Signing on for CBuzz, I'm Dan Swartout. CBuzz is a collaboration between the Columbus Chamber CD1025 and the Columbus Dispatch. CBuzz is produced by Delara Casey, engineering by Mark Pasternak from Jump Goat Media, and the recording studio provided by the good folks here at GrooveU. Thank you to our partners, and most of all, thank you for listening to CBuzz. We'll catch you next time.